0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ones Ready Podcast. we got a good one for you today, as always. I mean, I I don't, if I say it's a good one, does that mean other ones are bad ones? I'm always confused about how that works. Anyway, we got, you're right, like, (laughs) do we only get better? I don't know. But we got uh, Jody Fletcher and uh, Coach Morgan in here with us today. We're going to talk about the L word. And so let's uh, let's just jump right into it, a little bit of background. If y'all don't mind uh, introducing yourselves and kind of telling us uh, about your podcast and uh, what you guys talk about.
1: No, Jody. you. You, you tell the, the story the best.
0: <laughs> all right.
2: Well. Um. So. Yep. I'm Jody Fletcher. I'm a retired Navy dude. Morgan is a retired Marine, and we, it. The genesis of our podcast called That L Word, was really that we always sit around talking about leadership and love and life and all these things. And I actually had had a meeting with um one of the guys that the guys that produce our podcast, Signifier Media. And I just told them, I don't ever want to have my own podcast. I just, I enjoy being on other podcasts. And I was looking at content creation for other stuff, right? Morgan and I had a lunch scheduled. So I drove up to Jacksonville. We were eating burritos and started one of our conversations. And like an hour into the conversation, we we're like, we're starting a podcast. <laughs> so I called those dudes back and I was like, hey, uh, I was just kidding. Morgan and I are going to start a podcast and we're going to, I don't think we had the name yet. But well, it, it popped up very quickly, um, you know, that L word. And it just, you know, I think I was telling you, Trent, before we jumped on, we don't even know what we're going to talk about. We often decide in the car, and I think we're going to put a GoPro in the car because the conversations oh, yes. in the car are on the way, you know, are, are pretty awesome yeah. too. And then we get to the studio, and sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. And we just, uh, we often start with one or two words. We just did a... a an episode on toxic, what was it? Toxic positivity.
1: Toxic positivity.
2: And neither of us had ever heard wow. that word. And so we just Googled it and then started talking about it after reading. And uh, so that's, it's very free form. It's very like, you, you never know what you're going to get. We we often go down rabbit holes and find the Mad Hatter and try to get Alice, you know, out of Wonderland.
1: I think that's the biggest thing, like the, the rabbit holes. Uh, Because it's good to go like halfway down, but then to come back because it does provide some value. But you, we never know where it's going, Um, and we could have an idea because, like he said, usually we're driving now. He's like, "Hey, what you want to talk about today?" And we got four episodes to record in one day, and so we haven't discussed it or talked about it. So it makes it really genuine. Uh, And when we have, even when we have guests, we—I mean—we might have have had a, a small conversation with them, but. They're walking into the unknown as well, and we just make it happen.
2: Yeah, we just had a guest on that I do a lot of um just cups of coffee, you know, somebody. And that's how we were talking about how I ended up on this podcast. I've got a friend, uh, <laughs> Worth Parker, who is, you know, I say instead of seven degrees from Kevin Bacon, it's seven degrees from Worth Parker because that's he is like the master connector. So one day he and I were having a cup of coffee, and he's like, oh, dude, you got to meet this guy, Nate. And I was like, OK, so he introduced me to Nate and then I was on Nate's podcast and then Nate's like, dude, you got to meet these guys. And that's how I ended up on your podcast. Um, but as I'm having these cups of coffee, oftentimes we invite people on the show and we had a lady. Uh, well, her podcast, her episodes are already out, but she's an astrologer. She's a retired executive and is now an astrologer and uses that like I use assessments and coaching. She was fantastic, blew Morgan's mind. And I told him, I was like, bro, I sat down to have a cup of coffee with her. We talked for like two and a half hours. It went by like 10 minutes. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to go. And we had her on the show, and she ended up going out to lunch with us afterward. Uh, And then we just had another guy who it went so well, and he had time, luckily, that he ended up staying for two episodes. You know, uh, yeah, his isn't out yet. It's still in post, but... His name is Fidel Ford. And just we I think we end up, you know, having like I mean, we all do right on these these shows. You end up having these really unique guests that just and I told Fidel, I was like, bro, I'm almost afraid to put you and Morgan together because it's going to be <laughs> like crossing the streams and <laughs> Ghostbusters. And it I'm was fine. those two in a room they, at one point. Fidel was like standing up, dancing and it got crazy, man.
0: Well Well, well I want to know. Um because this is something I ask myself a lot of times. You you guys, A, I want to know about your different personalities, but B also, I want to know at what point after you retired or during your career, did you realize that you had something valuable to share with other people or something that other people needed? Uh, Or is it more about just going down that journey and and seeing where, where the the path leads y'all? Holy
1: sheesh. That's how we go do this. Lord have mercy.
3: Yeah. Hey, just a real light one. Just a real light one. like Let, yeah. let talk talk about some some rabbit holes. Like Trent, like just really lightly puts out a grenade. that's like it's like a Marvel movie, and there's like a, a black hole grenade. Like Trent's like, oh hey, here's a light topic to explore. Tell us about Not your evil. entire life. He just Not like evil.
2: slowly rolled it into the room. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm like, oh, you tell you, how you,
0: you go it,
2: first, too. Morgan, because I talked about mine on the last show, and I'll talk uh, about it again, but you go first. I
3: love it.
1: Effing man, holy crap! I wasn't ready for this. It's early. Uh. <laughs> i barely woke up for it
3: you know what like
1: i don't even know
3: yeah, Early, yeah listen yeah. i hopped in Like, i got, my my eyeballs popped open at six fifty nine. i was like oh god my <laughs> alarm didn't go off let me get let well, me get my stuff together and trend sitting this was a world ending question one of our one of our Man. guests
0: one time did say hey i like your question but i'm going to answer a different question that i wish you would have asked so you're always free to just <laughs> Five three wow. questions. I'm not gonna do Dude, your I'm that. Talk about I'm not gonna do that, your that was like back. a three-star
3: general. He looked right at Fred and he was like, "Hey, you know what? I'm not going to answer that question. I'm going to answer the question I wish you would have asked." And then he just pivoted into what he wanted to talk about. Hilarious and to, to public affairs. Always oh, an option. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like this three-star general was just like, "Yeah, dog. Here's here's what I want to talk about." His his,
1: his publicists already had prepped him. He said, "This is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to go down." Uh, for me, it was. Um,
0: Damn, I don't want to talk about this, uh,
1: but anyway, because <laughs> it just makes it very—it goes—it goes, it goes deeper into my emotional state, when, and which is all, which is always uh, a task in itself. But uh, 2012, I came back from Afghanistan. I had problems adjusting when I came back, and so. Um, I felt like really alone or really like um, alienated from society based off people's wants and needs and uh lack of, lack of appreciation, you know, things of that nature. And it was, it was people that were there for me and showed me that I wasn't alone. Um, so after that transition um, I think that's really started the my journey of like enlightenment. Um, and I started to really work on me and work on self and my, um, you know, even in my relationship with my wife, she started to point some things out to me that I just wanted to do better and wanted to work on. And from there, I just want, really got after, like, making sure people had the tools to not feel uh, empty uh, or left wanting. And a lot of times in the world, we are told to be independent and you can do it alone. And but like that, I don't think I think we were meant to be alone. We would. Uh, the society wouldn't exist. Um, we are here to help each other and bring value to each one, uh, each one of our lives. And so I decided to do that um, based off that experience. And then probably a couple of years into that, I had a hard time like going to work. Uh, anxiety was real bad and I was trying to take on too much. I was trying to change the world. And so. I had a friend come tell me, he said, "Don't worry about everybody else. worry about the people that are to the left and right of you. worry about the people that are under your charge, and just focus on them. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing because you can't affect everyone else. He said, you basically each one teach one right the the The, the one uh, inspires the, the many, and that's what I've really focused on, and I've been doing that ever since.
3: Wow. So I, I think, you know, just hearing you talk through your your experience, we've all felt like that. And it's a weird thing. People think that service members that have deployed, you know, we're, we're the most resilient and whatever. Dude, I have felt completely out of place. I, I remember distinctly after, you know, deployment number three or four or something, I was in a grocery store and I had this moment where I was just frozen. I just stood and I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, I did not feel like I was even... In the world mm-hmm. that I was supposed to be in, like, I felt like I did not fit, like everybody else was going about their daily lives. And I had just gotten back from Afghanistan, like the second or third time. And I was like, what is going on? You know? The fog, um, so, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. And it,
3: it, well, and it's the realization too. It's like, um, you know, there's a concept of transfer of power, right? Like, and it's a relationship um, idea. Where you know a woman becomes your weakness and you become her strength, and that's that transfer of power. It's the it's the change of of of, of roles essentially. But you almost, I've felt like I've gone through a transformation like that, where you're you're supposed to be the strong one, and you actually gain strength by saying, "Hey, no, man, um, I'm actually the weak one. I want to start helping other people um, get through this feeling of being lost and this feeling of not belonging." Uh, because we've had the experiences that we have. So the fact that you guys are able to, in a, in a really transparent and a really vulnerable way, say, this is, you know, that L word, this is, this is leadership. This is how you uh, live that truth, as squishy as that sounds. Like, that's really important. And the fact that you guys do it just on the fly uh, and you just chase rabbit holes and just talk about stuff, that like, that's an amazing thing. Um, you know, Jody, for you, you, you got to the highest of the high, man. You're a God dang command master chief. You know what I mean? Um, and I think we touched on imposter syndrome a little bit and and not fitting in. How, how do you communicate to, to other people how to deal in that space? Like, cause it's a weird dichotomy. Like you're, you're the man, you're a God dang command master chief. And at the same time you feel like you don't belong. You, you feel out of place. You don't feel like you're supposed to be there. How do you communicate that?
2: Yeah. And I, you know, I've said it a thousand times. If I've said it once, I used to sit in my office once in a while. It would just hit me kind of like Morgan, you know, you have that moment or like you were talking about in the grocery store. I would just look up at, at the walls of my office or waiting for somebody to come in. And I think, how in the hell did I get here?
0: Right. You know, I
2: didn't yeah. set out thinking, Oh, I want to be a command master chief. Right. I set out wanting to do what I did. And then, the way I fell into all of that is, you know, I came back from a deployment in 2012 and I was a nine that jumped back in a team. And when I came back, I became the command master chief at Marsock. And I thought, Oh, this is great. I'll do this for, you know, two, three years, whatever, and then get out. And I was going to go to PA school, which is a natural oh, wow. progression for yeah. a lot of us. Right. Yeah. I mean, that would have put me at like 24 years or something, 23, whatever. And that was my full intent was that, and I've always been a people person. I love people. I love people's stories. I love what makes people tick. I'm one of those guys that I've been told a lot. Like, I've never said that to anybody before. You know, I don't oh, wow. I just, people will say things to me.
3: You just and have that face where people want guess, to share with you. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's it's that and milk cartons. I've got that face for both. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, as I was doing that job, I found myself thinking, wow, I did not anticipate loving this job as much as I do. Because when you're in that job, they're pushing you, oh, you got to take this command next or go, you know, like get in the program to be an official command master chief. And of course, the first year I was like, no way, dude. I'm like going to PA school, whatever. And then it just kind of hit me. I'm like, I love this. And, you know, I think I said it on your show before. I left Marsoc because then that was it for me as far as being a command master chief. And I went on to... Um, the conventional side, and I lost a ton of money when I did it because I yeah. lost all of my special pays. Yeah, I, I which is stayed a travesty, in.
3: by the way. What a dumb thing! Like they want us to be like we kind of talked about it with Trent. Like, but they want us to be these additional, you know, leadership positions and being a transcendent person. And the first thing that first thing that they do is they take away your special pays. They take away your AFSC. They take away who you are as as a you know MOS or or whatever else. For us. You know, um, for wing, I think they've changed it, but they even don't let us wear our hat. They're like, you can't wear you You can't wear your beret. You don't want to look too, too special to people. Like I think uh, Cologne Lopez are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, it's a weird thing. They're like, you don't want to look too special, but you made me special. You told me to be special and better than everybody else, but I can't have it no more.
3: Thank you. Preach coach Morgan. Um, <laughs> like, what? Thank you. But it, it's such a weird thing. Like they want you to be this leader. And then the second that you get in a leadership position, they're e- like, well, you don't want to alienate the other airmen. So make e- sure you're e- not wearing your beret. Thankfully uh, we have an E9. That's the senior enlisted advisor to the joint chiefs of staff. It's he's the first one to ever do it. Uh, Colon Lopez. Um, he's a, a, you know, chief Lopez, uh, but he's worn his beret the entire time. He basically told you, he was like, F you, I'm a PJ. I'm, I'm get, like, this is part of who I am. Um, so sorry for the derail there, but it's such a weird thing that when you get to those levels, they take away your special pays. They tell you, you know, don't be who you are. Don't like, that's literally what, what got you to that position. Like you being, you being who you are, Jody got you there. And they ask you in order to be a leader, give up more of who you are. And I think that's the barrier that a lot of us have, like Trent going to this senior NCO course, like, Okay, great. It's it's good information, I suppose, but you're asking me to give up who I am to be the what you think a leader needs to be. And it's frustrating. And people look for outlets, and I think that's why we're all here. So now yeah. it's it's we have more to give from our unique perspectives. And we want to be able to communicate that in a positive way. Um and and it's frustrating to not have that outlet in the in the very strict confines of the military. Okay. Yeah, and
2: I think oh go ahead, Morgan.
1: I mean, this is really fast. So not to go down another rabbit hole. but Here we go. Is, Let's um, go, baby. It's crazy, right? Like how they build you up, right? They say this is what it looks like. And then they, and then they don't just try to point you in a different direction or pivot you. They try to redevelop you. It, it, the, the, pro, the system is, is backwards, right? Or messed up, however you want to look at it. Because we there's nothing it, wrong with yeah. it. evolution. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, we call it re-bluing.
3: Like, it's, it, when you go back to these schools, you get re Is yeah. is, like, our common term. It's it's literally when you go to these schools, that like, the Air Force tries to make you into something different and, like, bring you back to it. Like, not just make you a better yeah. airman, a better leader. Like, it's, we, we even have a term for it in our community. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, you know That's what I mean? That's how you know it's bad. That's how you know it's bad when they start yeah. making terms for bad things, right? It's, like, <laughs> It's um, it's not about like um, there's nothing. The, again, there's nothing the wrong with growth, uh, evolution and, you know, continue to change. It's when they say everything you've done before doesn't matter. That's basically what they're saying. Right. Now we got to give you something different because this is better. And instead of doing like they do in martial arts or anything else, they build on the foundation that you already have that exists. And that's the way you can understand. And then they wonder why people have identity crises. It wasn't about people deal with depression or feel alienated or feel alone is because you're telling them what they've been for 20 some years is no longer valuable to them. When you said put all your value in it, right? We don't have that much. Go ahead.
2: Well, I was going to say, I think that when you look at that from a leadership perspective, especially great leaders, right? Great leaders are good humans first and they recognize good humans and other humans. And when, whenever I transitioned and went in the conventional side, the first general that I worked for on on that side was General Love. And one of the best leaders I've ever worked for. He was amazing. And he valued what I brought to the table. And what I brought was a different perspective. Because I went in like palms up saying, Hey, listen, I don't know anything about what you all do. Like in the grand scale. You know, most people have worked their way up through that community and then they're, you know, the command master, Chief, it was second Marine Division at the time. And so I was. I even had to go back to my books, like, oh my gosh, like, where do AAVs fit in, and all that kind of stuff, because <laughs> it just wasn't on the forefront of my mind. I'd been in reconnaissance and, and Marsoc the whole my whole career, literally. Right. And I remember sitting in the you know in the big big conference rooms and up there with the the general and the sergeant major, and then it was all the colonels or whatever. And I don't remember which meeting it was, but I remember thinking, "Yeah, that's a really weird way to think about that." And so. You know, General Love, of course, looked at Sergeant Major and I at the end of everything. It's like, you, you know, you guys got anything? And and I said, yeah, you know, and I spoke up and said whatever it was I said. I don't remember what I said, but yeah, it was whatever counter. It, what out, yeah. it was 180 out from what they were talking about. And later, General Love pulled me aside and he said, I really value the angle that you come from because you're – Foreign from this, like you've not grown up in this community, basically. And I, he said it much more eloquently, of course, but he's like, What <laughs> the value you bring is a different perspective that all of us, you know, we kind of get in groupthink sometimes. And to have somebody with your background and your perspective come in, and that made me feel so good and so valued. Right. And it doesn't mean that I said something at every meeting or whatever, because I do remember that there were a couple of times where he's like, Jody, you didn't say anything. I'm like, well, I didn't really have anything to say, sir. Like, I'm not <laughs> going to yeah. talk just to talk, you know, but <laughs> right, when yeah. when he gave me that permission to then like really come out and be like, hey, I'm I'm 180 out from what you're thinking or or how about this? That's yeah. that, you know, we talk a lot about psychological safety nowadays and that's the squishy term for it. But that's what he did. Yeah. He provided that permission to say, hey. Not only do I want you to speak up, but I value what you're saying. And
1: that beats
2: down, oh, he's amazing. He's He's amazing. And I had,
1: yeah, well, that's that's where Morgan and I met
2: was that same, because Morgan was just a couple offices down. But, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing that beats down imposter syndrome. Back to your point earlier, Aaron, because when you are sitting in these offices, you're like, how the hell did I get here? Like I just Dude. wanted to jump out of planes and hang out with cool people and, and shoot guns. Right. And next yeah. thing you know, you're like sitting at the head of the table where there's, you know, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 people uh, in that organization. Mm-hmm. And you do think to yourself, what am I doing? Here?
3: Man, I, I had the, there there was a weird, distinct feeling the very first time that it happened. I went from, uh, you know, showing up to the meeting and, and having my pen and my paper and whatever. The very first time that I set the meeting and it was my meeting, I was like, what am I doing? What, who, wait, I, like, you know, you're looking around for the adult in the room and they're like, Hey, Aaron, you're, you're the adult now. And I'm like, no, I need an adultier adult. Like this, this isn't what, what am I doing? You, you feel almost disconnected. It's like an out of body experience. You know, the, the quote, I say it all the time at work. You either die a hero or you live long enough to be a villain. And I am a them now. And not in us. Like I'm not on the teams. Ooh. So what
2: are you doing, Aaron? Ooh. What are you doing to bridge that gap?
3: Oh yeah, man. I'm about to get that one. <laughs> Ooh, man. I'm, uh, so first of all, it's it's admitting it. It's being transparent and looking at everybody and be like, listen, this is the game. Okay, I am not like and and it's it seems weird. But the thing that I do to bridge that gap is I I admit that the gap exists, and then I live in that space. I'm like I'm not on the teams. I am I am here to you know. Great example, like uh, we we went through a long back and forth as you always do on the budget recently, right? Like you know the the new fiscal year, the new training plan is coming. We got it, we hit a budget cut, right? So. You, the teams don't get to go out and buy all of the Arcteryx and go on stupid horseback riding trips and like all of these other things that are kind what? of like we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, that, that's a real thing, by the way. One hundred twenty thousand dollars for a soft horseback mountaineering trip that I literally like turned around and I was like, "Are you effing joking? Is it was this meant to be a joke?" To one of them? anyway. So, um, but that's that's where I am. Like I owe them the questions i like i have to be able to separate myself like i'm not i'm not your bro i am your a3 i am your op soup i'm looking at you and i'm asking you how does this get after war fighting i want you to explain this you did not do your homework on this one you did not like it it seems weird because that is the separation but i am at the same time trying to lead them through it like when they come to me with a problem i'm not just like yes or no i'm like hey we need to talk about what's your problem statement. How did you think through this? Did you mission plan correctly? Did you consider all of these other factors? I had to lean in to the separation because I'm not your team leader. I am a step above your team leader at this point. And we need to be able to have a, a conversation on how are you developing your operators to be, m- you know, my position. I- I've said that all the time. I recently moved over to the wing um, out of my out of my squadron. Um and I looked at everybody. It was a pretty quick move. I looked at everybody. And I was like, listen, guys, I've, I've been training you for this moment right now. My my whole job has been to teach you to fish, not give you a fish. And if I've done my job, I'm going to get out of this office. I'm going to go over to this other office. And you guys should just drive right on. You guys should just be able to be like, okay, he's been training me for this uh, the entire time that he's been here. I just didn't realize it. Um, I think yeah, but- that. Go ahead.
0: No, you, you, but you, you built that trust for those conversations through that vulnerability and transparency, right? So isn't that, that's the first, the first step. I'm like,
3: I don't know what, I I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done it. I'm juggling flaming chainsaws every single day. I have no idea what I'm, it's like being a parent. You know, I, it's the same thing with my kids. I've got a 17 year old daughter and a 15 year old son. They're both driving now and they're disassociated from where I am. They're in Albuquerque. I'll, I'll straight up. I've told my daughter for years, she'll be like, you know, I'm having this problem. I'm like, Okay, well, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you think your, your parents are these superheroes, and, and we do the same thing to, like, commanders and, you know, chiefs and, and command master chiefs and all these other people. You assume that they're these infallible people that, like, know something that you don't No, They're just humans, and they're figuring it out day by day by day, trying to, like, it's, it's event to event, almost, of, like, how do I, how do I fix this? And there's failure and, and all those things involved. It's, it's, it's a moving target every single day. But I think the more that you're transparent and vulnerable and you just open yourself up, you're like, listen, these, this is the game. I have to think about other things, but I like, I love y'all. I got love in my heart for every single operator, every single support person, every single person that works for me, with me, under me, like y'all, I get it. I have to think about these things and I'm going to tell you, I'm not perfect, but I have to do this thing. Um, I found that to be valuable. I, I, don't, I don't know. It would be interesting to talk to somebody um, like completely uh, disassociated with us. It'd be, it'd be interesting to get like an E5 and be like, how, how do you think Aaron did? Do you think that that set you up best? I think that would be an interesting thing to get the feedback from.
2: Well, I think the feedback comes from those people. Right. There's several things that bubbled up for me when you were talking there, Aaron. A is the the flip side of what you're talking about is the responsibility you have to the folks that are still in the team. You have to the people that are above you. And mm-hmm. I found myself a lot of times saying helping to. I don't want to say educate for, but for lack of a better term, that's what I'll use, but helping them see a different perspective because. Mm-hmm. They assume, oh, there are a bunch of damn cowboys or, oh, they want this or they want that or some, you know, horseback riding trip to help them maybe see the light that, and you know, maybe that's not a great example. But what if that thing was yeah. critical to the mission you were trying to do right. to help them understand, exactly. hey, no, that actually is important. Mm-hmm. Then you being the bridge in there and being vulnerable and, and saying to both parties, listen, I'm oh, yeah. kind of in no man's land because I don't know all the stuff that you all know up here but I also am now removed from the teams and I'm not up to date on all the latest, whatever's going on. So mm-hmm. you're more of an intermediary there regardless. I think at that E7, 8, and 9 levels, that's really what your job is, is to be able to translate what the folks on the ground need to the folks in the sky and what the folks in the sky are trying to do for the folks on the ground. And yeah. if you're good at it, you're able to help both sides for the most part, understand what the other needs and come together. Kind of like, uh, you know, yeah. the, the mediators and wedding planners
3: <laughs> or wedding crashers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, wedding crash. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And it, it, it does mouth. feel you're talking to me. <laughs> you shut your mouth. You you, you shut up. Um, <laughs> it, it is a weird thing. That is how, ha- that is how you feel, you know? And I don't, uh, I've made this joke before. I don't know what happens. I, I think there's a school that people go to at, like, You know, when you're in E9 and when you're in 04, where you get a lobotomy and you completely, like, bad leaders completely forget what it's like to be in the team room. And they just start talking about, like, all this stuff. You're like, what happened to you? Do you not remember what it's like being in these team rooms and whatever? And how many
2: of them were good? And using using CZ as an example. And I had the privilege of meeting him once or twice when he was at AFRICOM.
3: And talent, right?
2: Oh, my God. But see, he's the kind of leader. Now look at how you're talking about him and look at his tremendous reputation. It's because he never forgot where he came from. But he also wasn't using that as like, a, well, this is why you should listen to me. He is who he is. That's the key to all of it is who you are as a person transcends all of this other stuff, what you've done, what rank you are, all of that. That's where I think the, the true magic is. And if we think about the amazing leaders that we've seen, They were good, good humans before they were way up the food chain when they were still in the team or in the battalion or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And the ones that, you know, have kind of like lost their way. If you really reflect, a lot of them were not that cool in the teams either.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Facts. (laughs) Facts, man. I mean, that's, I don't know.
2: Morgan, what do you, what do you like? Morgan came up on the, on the other side of the house. Um, what what were you? Was your experience like as you started to climb the ladder?
1: The the everybody expects you to know what the hell you're talking about when you don't know. I I remember it. I know what Aaron talking about. I told you that. Like he was talking about. Like when I picked up E8, I was like, didn't fucked up." Like what are, what are you doing? <laughs> like, like, like do you know? uh, like, and I, and I think like? I was do you know what that, you just did? Yeah, yeah. Like he uh, gave me a, what. And I always tell people, like, they don't want to, they don't want to give me that kind of power. They don't want it. it was crazy that I did some amazing <laughs> things, amazing things with it, bro. Really. Because it's, it's just was like, my, my, um, you know, I always tell people, like, I, I, you know, I learned how to be a Jedi master, right? And then you get to a point where you are able to, um, sway, uh, people's conversations and actions just by what your words and your actions, you know, so the, you know, that example that you set, but, as I was going up, man, it, it was. I always wanted people to not follow me. I didn't. I never thought like that. Like, do what I say. Do what I say. And, I, and I'm mm. hold on. Let me say. Let me take. Let me digress. Never. Uh, E4. <laughs> e, E4 and below. E4 and below. I was like, ah. The, I remember the first day I picked up corporate. I literally got canceled because I went ate shit. Like for everybody. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I've never seen so little power go to someone's head so quickly. <laughs> and this when he picked the same up the day.
1: Same <laughs> yeah. day, bro. It was I hard. Was to like, I love it. Yes, Free and too. They were like, what the hell? I sent everybody down <laughs> the building that had a one on one with them. Like I was like the, the big dog, you know? Oh, and, my uh, God. I love it. God, I love it. Over, over time, I got to the place. like, I want. I, I do care about what people think. And people say, oh, I don't give a fuck about what nobody thinks. That's a lie. We all That's, do, right? In some yeah, ways. 100%. 100%. So <laughs> right? 100%. And so I wanted to have, Mar- I, when I thought about my Marines, I wanted them to care about me the way I cared about them. And I understood that, that it was my responsibility to make it safe for them and to teach them how to do that, uh, you know, professionally. And I didn't want to have to call on them and say, this is what you will do. This is what this, how it will happen. I wanted to be able to say, I need you. And they were there without, with no question, right? Because I think that's where we get caught up about what's on our collar, but we mm-hmm. we we forget about what's in our heart, right? That we're human wow. beings, that we yeah. have a connection, right? And that's the part yeah. where I wanted to... Continue to 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 emphasize that in everything we do, and I got even I ain't even retired that long, but my Marine still texting me, still calling me, asking me questions, and that makes me feel like I've done it right, right? Like like Jody said, it is like you know, the Marine Corps kind of gave me the tools to be better. Right. But they also gave me the, the 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 chances to fail to learn the lessons that I needed to learn to be better mm-hmm. for those that that that, um, that respect me enough to to follow me. Mm-hmm. And I think we as we go up, we forget that and we start getting into a place of um, superiority. Right. Where they say, oh, I'm here. So, you know, you do you have to listen. I, I said, but there's a difference between having to listen and wanting to be there. The, the level of uh, engagement that you get from somebody that loves you, right, respects you, and cares about your well being, are the people that jump on grenades for people, right? Hell yeah, yeah. The, the other the other side of that is a motherfucker that turn his back and is like, "Mmm, fuck, run the other way." Yeah. Right? Well, so, it, it, go ahead.
0: No, I'm just thinking. This are there there's two type of confident leaders, right? There's the, the ones that are arrogant, confidence because they're, they're thinking all about their own ability. But you look at like the leaders that you love, their confidence comes from their confident that their team can do anything that they're asked to do because they've built those relationships, because they put all their love and effort into their team. It's not about the person at the top. It's about what their team can do and that they come across as a very confident and competent leader. Um, but it's, it's never about them, right? It's all about, you know, developing their people so that their, their team can ac- uh, accomplish their tasks. So. I think that that's, a that's huge the difference, difference. Yeah. The, the difference that? between
3: transactional leadership and transformative leadership. Like that, mm. that's a well, like yeah, transactional yeah. leadership is like, you're going to do what I told you to, because I'm in a position of power transformation really happens when like, Hey, the, this is the right thing to do. And I want to see the team do it absent my authority. Like my authority doesn't matter here. I want you to transform. And it, it's a dumb thing from senior NCOA. Like, the transactional leadership model and the transformation leadership model, like transformation is the highest, you know, and I, I talked about it earlier with teaching somebody to fish and you talked about it just now, you know, Morgan with, um, you know, people t- still texting you and, and growing in their own right and using you as a sounding board, even though you're not in anymore, man, that's the goal. That is the effing goal. I want you to be better. I had a very smart friend of mine that said leadership is tricking people into being better than they could ever be without them knowing it. And I, I like I've always thought about that. I've been like, holy crap, like I want you to be better. Like every day I want to I want to teach you without actually you knowing that I'm teaching you. I want my words to echo in your head at a time where you need them. Completely absent of what of what I've done now, I want to be that type of leader. I want to help you be the best person. and Hopefully you're better than me hopefully you're, you're way, I want my operators under my charge to be better than I ever have been. I want them to lead better than I have been. That's why I, like, I love talking about my failures. Holy crap. Let me, let me show you all these pitfalls that I hit in my career. Let me tell you all the times that i failed. Don't do that. Be better.
2: Yeah. And I would add to that, the immersive leader. And this just kind of came to me because when I was teaching at field med, it's all the, the corpsmen that are going to go greenside with the with the Marines. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I used to say, and I didn't come up with this, it, you know, am my old man or somebody told me, right. If you look at a group of Marines, you shouldn't be able to tell who the sailor is or who the sailor isn't because you, yeah. you've immersed yeah. yourself and you've blended in and you're just one of the crew that happens to have the medical skills. I think solid leaders are as immersive. If you look at a group of people you should not be able to point to one and say that one's the one who's, you know, and I'm using my air quotes in charge. Because mm-hmm. an immersive leader has surrounded themselves with people that are smarter than they are. And they've built that Ooh. area of trust. I got so one. that the team can <laughs> just keep going I love it. no matter what, right?
1: Yeah. To Jody's point, like Spot on, Jody. I'll give you your props. You're a good guy. And then, uh, <laughs> I like it. I, we provided you the space to be right, Jody, and you crushed yeah, it. Good yeah. job. Thank you. But that was. It reminds me of like uh, the first, uh, the first time I was around a group of leaders. Like usually, I'm in charge of some, or I'm the mm-hmm. head. You know, it, through your life, and you learn. Like you get sucked in, and you get into this complex and. It's almost like being going going through the season, Jody. Where you know I was an E eight, and I was the only E eight out of people going to pick up E seven, right? And I'm like, I'm the only one here that that gets it, (laughs) kind of right. right? Yeah. But um, the first time I was around leaders, (sighs) the amount of stress just came off because, like, I was like, I don't got to do it. I don't have to be the one. Like, I don't have to depend on just me. I don't have to like make sure like they they were so it was so freeing to be in a group of people that you respect that were just as capable as you are because you empowered them to be so right that you can sit back and just you can just let things happen and you don't have to make them happen. you don't have to you know tell people what to do like when you develop a team like that it's powerful man and it Mm-hmm. What it does, it, it it builds a level of confidence within the ability to, to accomplish whatever mission or task he is moving forward because they don't have to depend on it. Because the, the key is, it, you know, uh, leaders that are not effective are trying to make themselves useful. They, they want to say, you need me. I have to be here. I got to be a part of this. But the true leaders, right, they understand It's like, I want to teach you not to need me. I want you. I want you to be able to be an active thinker, be proactive, be able to troubleshoot, and be self-aware to have self-control, so you can be uh, involved in anything at any level. That's the key to like leadership success. Like anything that we teach, that we talk about right now, anything that we're teaching them in the in the service or in the corporation or in a business or in a family. If you're, if true leadership is your goal, then everything that you're teaching them will transcend whatever environment that you're you're in. It will make you a better person and better people, make better decisions and better decisions make better lives and better lives change the world. So
3: man, I knew I liked you. I knew it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I I get it. Um, And and I'll bring up CZ. So CZ put out, you know, the, his, his silver bullets, his carnivore leadership. But one of those things is like, you can't fly with the Eagles if you hang out with turkeys. The second that you surround yourself with those true leaders, you know what I mean? Like iron sharpens iron. Like the, the, the axioms are true and it's almost a cliche. But when you surround yourself, like me being on this podcast, I'm not the smartest person on this podcast. I'm not the most developed person on the on, on this talk that we're having right now. But that's important. That's that's what leadership is is, is providing everybody the space to be like, oh wow look at all these superstars, people, people get lost on it, especially in the soft community. Um, you know, and I've distinctly this last week, I was like, I forgot what it was like working in the the regular air force for a little bit. And I looked around, I was like, Holy cow, my entire career, I've been surrounded by the top 1% the entire time. Like, Holy cow. Um, and different. it's not to say that, you, you know, yeah, it's, it's just different, but you know what? Like, I don't look at it from an elite. Like I, I don't think I'm an elitist. When I walk around the halls of the regular office that I work in now, I'm not like, ugh, these people are, yeah, you know, I have a different colored hat and the things on my uniform look remarkably different than theirs. Ugh. No, I'm like, no, I, I owe them more. I owe them way more than they owe me because I have these experiences and I can help. I can provide, like Jody, or earlier you were talking about, you can provide that different optic. Man, I value that. I I want to, I want to bring them up to my level, whatever that level is. And it might just be kind of in a different lane, but I want them to have that experience. Like I have a a genuine need. It helps me as a professional feel like I'm of service and being served correctly to, to give them, you know, those, those tools that, that we have. Um, and I love how Morgan, you, you talk about like as a family, like as a, as a person, you should be doing that inside of your own little tribe as well, just to be, I, I love Nate and, um, you know, inheriting manhood and talking about how to just be a, a better man. Um, I, I think there's a lot of reflections in there of, of leadership and, and personal development, um, from these optics, but Morgan man, dead dead on, like people should be able, absent your influence entirely, they should be able to, to lean into the culture that you've established. That's really important.
2: But I think that goes both ways, right? Uh, Aaron, when you're, when you're walking in, you know, to the conventional forces, I was learning as much from them as they were Uh, really, I felt like I, what did I bring? I brought something that's a 1% of, you know, the greater, uh, green machine or canoe club. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so maybe I brought a different perspective or, or just, I don't know, a different mindset. But what I learned from them was, I mean, limitless.
3: Yeah. Because they
2: had all been, you know, there's all these people. And when I was, especially at Marsoc, one of the things that I was trying to do was make sure everybody really appreciated, understood and appreciated everybody else for what they did, Mm -hmm. right? Because you get that kind of operator mentality of like, oh, we've gone through all this to be be where we are. Okay, cool. Would you want the finance person's job? No, that sounds awful. Okay, well, they don't want to jump out of airplanes. Right, so right. they work yeah. just as hard to get where you, <laughs> yeah. you know, you equally, both of you work equally as hard to get where you are and yeah. to be amazing at what you do. And when you have that mutual respect because you understood how hard that person worked to do, now, obviously, there's bad operators and there's bad, sure. you know, oh, logisticians yeah. and all that stuff, right? So yeah. but when I'm, I'm talking about good, hardworking team members. Yep. When you build that understanding, that mutual understanding, then they begin to appreciate each other on a different uh-huh. level. That's where you start to build that sense of family, because there's yep. no like, I'm, I'm this or I'm that. It's all like, hey, what do we all bring to this? And how uh-huh. can we make this whole thing better? That's where I think you get that synergy.
3: Well, and the fun flip side of you know this whole conversation is that I, I walk around about 70 percent of my given day is I don't understand their processes. I don't understand their culture. I have to yeah. walk into people's offices, as this operator, and I go to E5s. I, I walk up to the front office and I go, Hey, Sarge, um, I don't know what letterhead to use for this product that I'm making. Can you help me out? In like, 90% of my day, like Mr. Special Operator with all these combat deployments, I, le- I I legitimately have to lean on people and I have to walk into their office and be like, Dude, I don't know how to do this. You have to help me. Like, can you, can you tell me who, who's, who does this get routed to? Am I going to make somebody mad if I send this from the org box or from my personal email? Like all these silly, creepy questions, but that's be indoctrinating to part of their team. I may have this 1% experience, but that means that there's 99% of their life that I don't understand. And that's well, and it's if you my think job. About,
2: yeah. Think about where we are. Like we're not even really, there's, I know there's some stuff going on in the world, but we're not in the GWAT anymore.
3: So, right. Oh, yeah. Which is weird. One good argument. I spent my is, whole life in the GWAP.
2: Yeah. Right. You know, and it's it's yeah, it's I think you've got to build that holistic team. And that comes from people really like to Morgan's point, loving each other because it's like, wow, you're awesome at what you do. And that makes people feel good when you're walking around. And you're like, bro, what do you do? Explain that to me because I have no idea because yeah, they're, they're proud of what they do.
0: But, but I think we're lucky coming from a community where you are expected and challenged all the time to keep growing. Right. Like one of the things that happened in that course, I just came back from, is somebody said something like, oh, like, well, we're all like at this rank, like you're, you're not going to learn anything and you're not going to grow and you're not going to like move forward. And I was like, whoa, 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 like this is something like from our community, we can, we can push out there. Like leadership is not a destination, you know, and, and in our community, it's, it's very normal to be challenged. And to, and to seek out new challenges and to have challenges come to your door and, and hit you in the face yeah. on a regular basis whether that's an e5 or 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 the, the the missions that come down the road and so i think we're we're kind of you know like i'm, I'm we're, we're blessed in a way to have that to live in that environment where that's required so that you never become stagnant where you never like i'm leadership now you know like and i can just do whatever i want no like you're always going to be challenged so i think that's that's an important part of the the culture that we can bring out to uh, the the greater forces. And I'm not saying everybody is like that, where they're like, Oh, like I made it, but there's some of that. And it's like, no, no, no. Like just because you're, you're 40 years old and an E8 or an E9 doesn't mean that you get to stop. Like you should be more flexible. Now you should be learning more. Now you should, you know, be pushing yourself out there to, to become a better person. Like coach said.
2: Well, and Trent, I think that if you, Rewind a little to where we were talking about the people that lose their sense of where they came from. You know, those eights and nines that kind of lose it. They're the ones who are like, oh, I think they've they've got that hubris. And they're like, oh, I'm an eight or I'm a nine now. I can't learn anything else. The ones that are cool, the ones that people are attracted to and like to be around are the ones who are like, okay, this is really the rank on my collar has just increased the level of people I can tell to piss off. Like, that's all it's doing, which also means it's increased the level of the the support that I can provide the rest of the team. Because now I've got an audience with, you know, somebody else, somebody further up the food chain. So if you think about it from that context, you're still growing, you're still learning, you're still pushing the boundaries. But the people who are not and are sitting, you know, like retired on active duty and all these other, uh, you know, Acronyms or, or sayings that we have; those are the folks. They probably sucked when they were younger too, to be honest. They probably rode the coattails of a lot of other people.
3: This is just cool. me being contrarian, but how dare we even have a term that is colloquial? Yeah. Like you, you said, you said retired on active duty (ROAD). How disgusting is it that we actually have a, a term that we all understand across our force for someone that has got the, like gotten to a level and then just checked the fuck out? Like that makes me so like. That should not be a term that we understand. That should not be something you should you should tell to me, and I inherently understand. Like I can think of people right now. Yeah, we all in can. my circle. Get out of here! It's terrible.
1: Yep. Little
3: word bubbles popped up. Little little
1: faces yeah. in front of everybody. Exactly. Yeah. Trent, I got something for you. Just uh, you know, this is this is off note, but on note at the same time as you are going to your senior. Uh, academies, and, and he's so a graduate. On and so excuse forth. me, he's a, uh, graduate. a graduate. Thank graduate. you. Right. Wow, put some respect um, on his name. Put some respect get, on it. Uh, get rid of, get rid of the, the word flexibility, right? Because flexibility has a breaking point. And if you've learned anything with your wisdom, then you should have fluidity because you're able to move into corners of the, of your life and other people's lives that bring more value, and you're not breaking them. That's just another one to add. Man, that's the Bruce Lee stuff. That's be like water. Yeah. Man, I dig it that, is. Coach Morgan. <laughs> it is, man. We get through, in these terms. We just we 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 say these things because they're 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 the small nuances in every conversation. But people repeat them. You know, they're flexibility, flexibility, but flexibility has a breaking point. And yeah. you know, if you've learned anything, you've learned not to go to the breaking point and trying to find a different way. And then we also confuse balance, right? Oh, balance. I think balance is bullshit. Like it's not, it it doesn't, it doesn't have longevity in it. What does? Harmony. Harmony does. How do you get two things to work together simultaneously for for a goal, right? Because when you start balancing things, that takes a lot of effort and the the scales are going to tip and then something's going to get more than the other. But if you get them to work together, then the the level of stress is going to be minimized and the impact is going to be greater. And if you actually focus on it, like we're, we're striving towards
3: synergy and it's a dumb business term, but I want to make you better. I want you to make me better. And together, like it's a synergistic effect. And you know, Jody knows from medicine one plus one sometimes can equal three, not just two. That's what we're going for. I want you to drive so hard in your lane and be a a damn professional and be perfect. And I'm going to try to do the same thing. And together we're going to have an outsized effect, we're going to have something better than either one of us could have done individually. Like, I, I love that. I hate balance. I, I will not say flexibility again. Coach Can you change my lexicon. Like, that's because that's, that's a great point, man. Yeah, you're you're you can only you can only flex so far before you, you know, bend and break like those things are.
1: We break. Irre- that's how we end up in that's depression it. and anxiety and all kinds of other shit, because we flex so far we break. And if we just look for, OK, how can I do it better? Say, let me do it. till I can't do it no more. Like, that sounds
0: different damn damn it, yeah. damn it. That, you know wow. I
3: mean? man i'm so I, glad i woke up late for this you know what i mean like <laughs> geez look at all the lessons i've learned
0: but when, when, I, when i think about fluid too i think one of the things you can do as a, a younger team member is when you get on a new team is look for the gaps that you can fill that aren't being filled right now mm. just like a just like a fluid right and then if you do that yep. for your whole career when you become a leader it's almost second nature you can walk into a room for your new team and you you, you can identify those gaps that need to be filled and the gaps that don't need to be filled. And as you get to know people and move them around and and truly uh, manage your talent and find the things that everybody's good at, you know, I don't, I don't believe in useless people. I don't believe in useless team members, you know, find a place for them to fit. And if they're trying to force themselves into a gap that doesn't exist, like have that conversation with them and and figure it out. But you know, when you said fluid, that's all I thought about is is flowing into the gaps and making everything, you know, you see where it do work. work. We all talk about it.
2: Well, and to continue that metaphor we had in, uh, Morgan, you probably remember Henry Ketatuka. He would always tell everybody, "You're you're a tributary coming into our river, right?" And this was during the chiefs for us in the Navy. Oh, the wow, thing is nice. a big thing, right? And he would tell people, "You're a tributary coming into our river. Don't pollute our river, right?" So what he was telling them, kind of like that fluid, nice. you know, you're coming in and you're going to join the big. This big movement that's going forward, which for us is leadership and values and love and all that stuff. And he would tell them, don't be the dirty water coming into our river. You know, so aside wow. from finding the place that you can fit in, it's also how crystal clear is the water? How pure is the water that you're bringing in and adding to that river that's moving forward?
3: Well, and that's important. That's important for that leader because he established and we, we talked about, you know, us versus them. And, you know, how, how do you lean into those positions? It's it's just as important to sometimes look at people and be like, dude, we got a good thing. You need to step your effing game up. Don't Mm -hmm. pollute my river. You're a part of this organization, whether you like it or not. You're going to influence these things. You need to be the best because I won't accept you polluting my river. And and that's one of those things. Like I I often I don't like being directive, but I do like telling people. I had an enlisted call, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about it's normal stuff. Like every once in a while, the squadron gets a little bit too loose on. Oh, uh, somebody's not wearing the uniform, you know, correctly. Like somebody's, everybody's wearing hats in the unit. Like we're, all, you're, you're you're allowed to wear PT gear in our organization. If you're not doing, you know, whatever, uh, you know, if you're not going to, you know, some other function, if you're just in the unit doing squad work, okay, fine. Throw your PT gear on, whatever. But it's like the standard started like slipping. So it's like, people are now wearing hats inside all day. And then it's like, it's not an approved hat. It's sort of like a close to approved hat. It's sort of a military color, but it's not what you're supposed to be wearing. And I got everybody together and early in my leadership, you know, career, I would hate these things because of the way that people approach them. Right. It it felt directive and what, whatever, but I straight like I had a a talk. I was like, I'm, there is no good cop. bad." It was me and the first sergeant. And I said, there's, there's no good cop, bad cop. I'm not going to take away your privilege. I'm going to tell you, these are the things that I'm seeing. And it's unacceptable for you to do this in this organization. We're the best STS and AFSOC period. I want you to look like it. And from yeah. the outside looking in, I want other people to see. stop. You know we are. Yeah. Tutu, whatever. Yeah. Stop. I'll, I'll, I'll put some respect on the name. Um, but, you know, it was it was that thing. Like, I've grown into a place where I found a way to have those conversations. But it's I, I clarified the intent. I was like, hey, the reason that we wear this shirt as opposed to a shirt that kind of looks like this shirt is – because I want you guys to value the 2-2 in the way that I do. I want you to value this organization the way that I do. Because we're, we're heading towards greatness. And I want you to be additive. I want you to be that tributary. And I want to establish it's not okay for you to pollute this thing. It's not okay for you to be an outlier. I want you to be on board. And there are very few times that I'll direct somebody. But when culture is involved, like I, as an enlisted person, I own the culture. It, it is my job to set that culture and you're not allowed to pollute the river that we're going uh, with, with your bad tributary. That is a great
0: way to, to describe it.
2: Yeah. Old Henry's a wise, a wise old man.
0: <laughs> so, so, so what's it like out there in the civilian world? as you try to take these, these concepts and everything that you've learned and, and push it out there? How much, how much resistance do y'all get?
1: of uh, uh, None. <laughs> Yeah,
2: it it really, I mean, I think it is. And it's interesting. I find that a lot of the core concepts of leadership that we teach or are taught in the military at a very young age are often foreign concepts to some very senior leaders in some very large organizations. I'll say something, you know, in a conversation with whoever, right, of a, a super large organization. And it, like, blows their mind. How did you, how did you not note this? Like we learned this as 19, <laughs> 20 year olds, right? And, yeah, right. but it's, there's not a lot of, if you think about leadership as a concept, it's not really, it's taught in sports to some degree, but it's not really taught in class or in college or anything like that. So you either learn it because you had a great mentor or you were in an environment, you were lucky enough to be in an environment where it, it's just there, or you don't learn it. And so then you're pro- promoted to your level of incompetence. And that's where you see a lot of leadership failures. And that's where I find a lot of work on the civilian side is when you get these people that are like, I don't know why everybody is hates coming to work. And I don't know why the morale sucks. And you start talking to them. And you're like, um, you know, and that's why I always say you have to be a good human to be a great leader. Yeah. If you're a good mm-hmm. human, we can make you a great leader. Those are skill sets you can put on top of being a good human. But if you're not a good human, you're not going to be a great leader. I challenge that'll anybody. Suck. Yeah, I, I challenge Damn. anybody, and there will be people out there that'll say, "Oh, well, you know," they'll cite some CEO who is known to be a jerk, and they had a successful team. That doesn't mean that person was a great leader. It means that the team got stuff done. Yeah, and we all see that, right? And a lot mm-hmm. of times, Quantity. yeah, these yep. bad people are promoted on the backs of the work of the team. And Not God, because makes... of their own leadership. Are we about to
3: know? talk for two more
1: hours? Because holy no, cow, boy, do you not. know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah. uh. The key, but that, that's the big part, right? That That's the it's we have spent how many years developing our skills, right? And a lot of them, you know, I was in the this is one big skill, right? as enlisted, like you said, we're keepers of tradition and and so on and so forth and and custom and courtesies, but we, we also are the best at building relationships. because That's how we get things done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who we know, you know, where they are, you know, the chief's mess or wherever organization it is, the inner service, right. Joint stuff. And that's how we are able to be so effective at what we do. Right. One of the biggest things that I teach when it, is relationship building like how can i see like leadership one-on-one like how do i it's not going into it and say this is how it will be it's, it's mm-hmm. asking a question which way do you see it how can, yeah. I, how can i how can i show up better for you right how can i make it a, a, the environment safer for you because most of the time people confuse leadership with dictatorship or management or, or being a director and that's not what it's. It's not about. It's not about telling them what to do. It's influencing them to make the right decisions, teaching them to make the right decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where I see, especially leaving. Uh, I was and I was worried. I ain't gonna lie. When I left to go in retirement, Jordan would tell you I was worried about leaving, and everybody kept telling me I'll be okay. I'm like, I don't know. These people seem <laughs> like they move slower or less efficient. Like it was just it was scary, uh, and it still bothers me sometimes. But it's people out here that want the information that we have they want it they they are hungry for it because they understand the value of leading people not everybody will have that same outlook on leadership but you know you can't save them all you save the ones that want to be saved
2: yeah and the biggest thing I find <clears throat> the biggest concept is you know we all care about the people we lead and I call it driveway to driveway leadership it's it's important to know as much about the person in the driveway they leave from in the morning <clears> is the parking lot they pull into at work. And a lot of organizations, especially in the civilian side, they only care about the person that pulls into the parking lot. Yeah. And that's, that's half of the person, right? So do you want yeah. 50% of the effort from your person or do you want hundred percent? And when you start to put it in that context and help them understand as leaders, you need to know about your people as much as they're willing to share right? You can't like go overboard. But that was one of those concepts when I was talking about that with somebody and they were kind of like, Oh, I never thought of that. I'm like, Oh my God, what are you talking about? Like,
3: what do you talk to your people about? It's mind blowing. Oh, you've never thought of that. Oh word.
2: And then, uh, and then what happens is they go in, you know, say somebody messes something up and they go in to have a conversation with them about that to hold them accountable for something. And they don't understand why the person is upset. And I'm like, Cause you don't know. It seems like the only time you talk yeah, to them is when yeah. something's gone wrong. Exactly. If they don't know that you care about them. And the thing with the generation coming into the workforce now, and this is like, there's all kinds of articles and, you know, anecdotal evidence or whatever that they want to know that they're being cared for. We grew up yeah. in an environment of do what you're told. It was that kind of leadership. And that yep. paradigm has shifted. And if you consider that, especially with the leaders that are in their sixties, they're still coming from our perspective and they're the mm-hmm. ones that really need to shift their ideals and understand how to connect with people because I've talked we'll to people and worked with people that will Shout leave. Out. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, or hey, leave. Yeah. Old old men are supposed to do what old men do, and it's either die or retire. Sometimes that's the best thing that old men can do is get out of the well, way. Uh,
1: hold on, hold on. We retire. <laughs> just be careful with that. I, I'm about to go out here and put in another five miles. I ain't old. I just move wisely.
3: Then no no reason to internalize that one, Coach Morgan. Uh, you know, Jody, what, what you're saying here, it's it, I, I live by the mm-hmm. soft truths, right? And you know, one of the soft truths is that. You cannot uh, make a soft force in response to a conflict. You have to start, it has to be made beforehand, right? Like that's one of the soft truths, but it's, it's exactly what you're saying. If you only talk to people and and you only, you know, put in that effort, when a situation arises, you've already failed. You have to do that way beforehand. You have to know your people beforehand. You have to actually lean into that driveway to driveway leadership. That's a, that's a fantastic analogy. I have to give a shit about you before the thing happens. I have to lean in because humans are more important than hardware quality over quantity. All of these things are things that we know you have to lean into those things beforehand, or you're never going to be able to lead in the way that you want to.
2: That's right. And the people are not going to, they're not going to be invested. You're going to have people no. waking up thinking, I have to go to work. Not, I want to go I to work. get
3: to go to work. Yeah. I get to train today. Exactly. Yeah
0: well I, I think we made it i know coach has a, a hard out that we're trying to get to uh and we talked about a lot of stuff and i threw a grenade in early and coach i still feel real bad about it when you're trying to get to your, your thing uh, but the as we wrap up you guys are uh, uh coach morgan jody you guys do the that l word podcast where we talk about leadership and love and anything else that starts with the, the letter l and beyond um go check it out on apple and where, where, where can they find we're, you? Instagram? Most platform. We're on platforms.
2: all the things. Yeah, yeah there's nice. some stuff I hadn't all even heard thing. of before. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I found you on Podbean. Like, that's not a thing. Stop it. <laughs> no, but guys, but I, I really appreciate you coming on. I, I Legit, we could talk about this forever, I think, because I think we're all passionate about it. And um, But I really appreciate you guys coming out. Uh, appreciate Nate and Worth being people that put people together. That's super awesome. And for everybody else out there, like, subscribe, and we'll uh, catch y'all next time. Train hard. Later.
3: Word. Thanks, gents.
0: Thanks, guys. Word.